Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Straight talk about current events and issues affecting women in today's society. This is not your run-of-the-mill opinion show. So listen up, because it's about to get real. Here's your host, Elizabeth. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line... And we are back with another episode of the show. We have some really good topics that we want to cover, so bear with us here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get intense, and there are going to be some topics that we're going to talk about that I wanted us to talk about just because I feel like they're good conversations to have. Uh, with that being said, on today's show, we will be discussing the violence going on in the Asian American community. We're going to talk about the instagram post that the host of the real mini my made and you know it didn't sit well with a couple of people in the black community i will also be discussing the covid vaccine and how it seems like the black community and minority communities are excluded from you know getting the vaccine uh we'll take a deep dive into why that is and what's going on so, and finally, we are going to talk about trans girls being and women being allowed to play uh, sports with biological girls and women. Just want to give you guys a quick reminder. Our YouTube channel is up and running and we have posted our review of the first episode of Superman and Lois. So you can go ahead and check that out. And uh, we'll continue the rest of our series with The Flash. So... That should be up pretty soon as well. So make sure you support the channel. Make sure you like and subscribe. And I will like to hear your comments. So for us super superhero TV lovers, comic book lovers, this is totally up your alley. Yeah, go check out our channel. With that being said, let's get started. All right. So the past year when the COVID virus started, as we all know, it, it started in, in China. And ever since the pandemic started, the violence against the Asian American community has increased. We had the, and that was, a lot of it had to do with the last administration, you know, referring to the virus as the Chinese virus, which, you know, is very insensitive and a lot of people found very racist and discriminatory. And that didn't help matters at all. And in, you know, the last couple of weeks, it the topic has sort of been in the forefront and has been in the news and is getting a lot of attention. Asian American activists and celebrities like Daniel Day Kim and Daniel Wu have been speaking out on the issues. You know, hate crime against the community has spiked up 150% in major cities, including New York and San Francisco. There were 122 incidences of uh, hate crimes in 16 different uh, states and counties. And most of the uh, popular city, that's where we saw a lot of the a lot of the violence. And so the, you know, again, what do you what do you think of what do you think of? What's going on here as, you know, the the community is sort of, you know, being a scapegoat by ordinary people who are frustrated and angered, just not by the pandemic itself, but, you know, by the economic fallout and the social impact. What do you what are your thoughts on all of this? I just, I just think it's so idiotic. Yeah. 
and I, and, I, and I know it sounds like cliche to say that, but it's, it's a disease that could have popped up from anywhere. Right. Like, unless in China they were somehow experimenting with something, I don't see how we could blame them. Yeah. And even more so, how can we blame the Asians here? They weren't in China when it happened. Exactly. They were here. Exactly. A lot of ignorance. So what are we beating them up for? Why are we attacking them? It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, looking at the history where groups of people have been the scapegoat, I mean, you have to have the common sense to know that that always goes wrong. It will always put you on the wrong side of history. It It will always show you as being intolerant, right. you know? And uh, in 2021, I mean, what group of people hasn't been oppressed in some capacity right. that you wouldn't be able to say, you know what, I'm not going to go after that person because it could just have easily been our group it came from. They could have blamed us. Right. So yeah. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I think you have to be in a different mindset to think that, attacking Asians here is somehow going to do something like what is that going to do I think I think it's just ignorance like I said violence is not the answer for anything I understand that people are frustrated with the current economy and just frustrated with with everything in general but uh, you know I've seen some of these videos of of especially elderly people those are the ones that are getting attacked the most you know getting pushed around getting beaten it's it's not okay and you know it's again it's so sad that the the media didn't cover any of this until recently until people started bringing it to the forefront and these are a lot of the things that we don't hear about because you they're they're just so busy with you know who uh, uh with the the GOP and and their news and and just all of the madness going on and it's like there are real issues happening in the world Real people are getting hurt. Businesses are getting af- affected. You know, I I heard just the other day in the news that people don't want to go to Chinatown anymore in New York and San Francisco because you know they're they're scared. So those communities are are even more impacted, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not their fault. And why, like you said, why are you attacking Asians that are that have you know lived in America and are in America? like. Did they just like I didn't know that you could you know get the virus from from just being that race you know what I mean like it like you said it could have came from anywhere so I I just don't understand the the whole the whole it's just ignorant it's ignorant and it's sad and it needs to stop so let's get let's get to uh, the co-host of the real genie mind this is not her first rodeo <laughs> it, with saying you know insensitive things that some people find a very you know deaf tone and just wrong you know she she made some comments about you know black men i think it was maybe a couple years ago that people just found very distasteful but and we were like the side piece <laughs> yeah exactly that you know black apparently black men are only good for being the side piece and not the main encore so <laughs> anyway, so she went on Instagram and she she is Vietnamese. So let's just point that out for those of you who don't know who she is. So she, this is her statement on on Instagram. It was very long, but I just picked out what I thought were were the real main points that people had an issue with. And we'll talk about what what those issues are. So she wrote and I quote, "Racism has no hierarchy," which 
that is a, a very false statement, but we'll continue. She continues to say COVID-19 and the hateful rhetoric of uh, Donald Trump have catalyzed a surge in anti-Asian violence. Fighting racism against Asians is deeply tied to social, social justice. We are fighting for through George Floyd, Atiana Jefferson, Bor Borum Jean, Breonna Taylor, and the countless black bodies that have fallen victim to hate because racism has no hierarchy. Just because we don't see public lynchings anymore, which again, this is not a true statement, racial hate has manifested in other spaces in our society, from, broken, from the broken criminal justice system to voter suppression, racist cops and Karens, and systemic killing of black bodies. The transparency of, Americans, of America's racism and social injustice reflect the country's denial of basic human rights for people of color. We need to work together. We have the same goal, and we have the same goal in becoming anti-racist and dismantling white supremacy. Okay, so the part that people are having a problem with is the fact that her statement seems to be tone deaf, and the the part where is that why is it that when another minority community is going through some form of injustice in their community? They always find a way to tie it to the oppression and the, the, the racism that, and the injustice that black people face. They compare their struggle to, the black to black people's struggle. And the truth of the matter is not all community groups are the same. You know, it's, it's not like I'm saying that what's happening to the Asian community is okay. Because like I said, violence is never okay to, against any community, against anybody. It's horrible. But, you know, tr trying to compare your struggle of your community to the struggles of black people, it, it's not the same, you know? And I just wish people would stop comparing. Like, I, I really just wish that, you know, when, some, when somebody or, you know, some community suffers some kind of injustice, they all start automatically, oh, you know, we, we, it, it's like, you know, we get it because of the way black people suffer. We have we need black people to stick with us. We need them to 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 stand with us because they know how it feels. And it's like no 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 no. And then there are others who are saying, you know what? The Asian community has assimilated, and they have a history of not treating black people fairly either. You know, they try to blend in. They you know, they try to maybe you know some people say pass as white, and they've taken advantage of black people over the years. And, you know, some people don't feel like they don't, some Asians can't even tolerate black people. So what do you say to all of this? What do you think about her statement? And what do you think about her comparing, you know, what's going on with, with the Asian community and, and bringing it again back to black people and wanting our help and our rally and our support? It's funny. When I, when I see other groups compare themselves or their plight to our plight, I kind of see it as a compliment. Okay. And I know that sounds really, really strange, but the reason why is because that means that they see our plight, they acknowledge it, and we're the barometer for suffering. And of course, it, it shouldn't be good that, that anyone is suffering, but it means that there's an acknowledgement that this is what we want to compare our struggle to. When, when we're really in pain, we feel like we can compare ourselves to Black people. We have an understanding of it. Like if somebody said, yo, um, this is the Beyonce 
of our Asian community, what would that mean to you? But I don't think, excuse but me, think I don't about, think like, that's the same thing, you, though. Like, when there's a... If, I, if somebody said to you, this is the Beyonce of, of our Asian community or or our Latino community, what would that mean to you? So we're the Beyonce of suffering? Like, like No, 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 no. Like, if somebody said that to you, what in your mind, what is Beyonce? Well, yes, in that aspect, it's a good thing. But but, but the idea is that Beyonce is a great performer, so now right. you would have an idea of what this person is to their community, a great performer. Right, and, so and when that they're is, saying, in oh, that aspect, that is a good thing, right? When you, when you say, yeah, you're the, you know... You're the Beyonce of this particular group. Yes, that is a good thing. And so in this sense, they're just saying, like, you know, our suffering is comparable to you, to what you've gone to, or this is how we see it. We see it in the same vein as yours. So I don't see it as though she was trying to insult, demean, or look for our support. She was just saying that, you know, what she sees Asians going through right now, you know, is reminiscent of what black people have gone through. So to me, it's an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of our suffering. It's not, it's not in any way meant to diminish it or say, oh, this is not really what's happening. No, she's saying like, wow, this is really happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like the same way that um, so many black people have, have died in recent years, you know, it, it's comparable to what she feels for her community. And I, and I get that. She wants us to empathize and understand. The place where she went wrong for me was when she said there's no hierarchy. Right. The comparison, I di- it didn't bother me to compare. I mean, if, you're, if in your mind, you know, this is worthy of comparison to us, that, that, that won't bother me. Mm-hmm. But when she said there's no hierarchy, that was the part that, that was tone deaf. Because I'm like, racism is a hierarchy. Right. Even her own husband, yeah, her own husband even said, you know, um, not he. Of course, he's going to, you know, support his wife. That's his wife. But even he had to correct her a bit and told her, you know, in reality, the darker you are, the worse it gets. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that if she had, if she had corrected herself on that part, the hierarchy statement, then we would have seen it. Though we would have seen her whole message differently. Right. I think, yeah, I think that statement is completely tone deaf because the whole idea of racism is a hierarchy. The fact that white, white people think that they're above everyone else, that is the very definition of racism, thinking like one, one group is better than another group. I, I don't know. I just really wish that people would stop comparing, would stop comparing, right? It's like not, every, not everyone's trauma and and what they've gone through is the same you know and what's happening to that community is is hurtful and we get it and i i think that's what she was trying to say is that you know this is what we're trying to fight against in the black community and now it's happening to us and an injustice for one community is an injustice for all and i totally understand that but i just really wish people would stop comparing because we're all the like the truth of the matter is we're not all the same. And the the truth of the matter is there are some black people out there who are sort of reluctant to, dare I say, you know, take on that fight because they feel like, well, your community hasn't exactly been there for us either. You know, you brought up an, a great point when we were talking, when you said, you know, when it comes to beauty supply stores and, and nail shops and all of that stuff, 
they take advantage of black people and contribute nothing back. So I, I don't know. This I'm kind of I'm kind of torn with this one a little bit. Not 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 that I don't know. I'm just I'm just really kind of torn with the whole comparison part of it. But I don't know. I mean, in this moment, for me, I see the comparison. If you, if they're if people are going around harassing them, calling them derogatory slurs or names or you know assaulting them, then then she's not too far off, or her statement isn't as false as we think it is. It's, yeah. it's more closer to the truth. Well, all so these people it, that I think you mentioned. Well, not, I mean, a majority of the people that she mentioned in her statement, George Floyd, um, Atiana Jefferson, uh, Breonna Taylor, those are victims of, of uh, police brutality. Uh, even, even um, uh, what's his name, Botham Jean, that was technically a police issue because the, the woman who shot him was a police officer. So these are, these are different issues. The, the, they're not being oppressed by, by the system. They're not being oppressed this, by this police brutality. Exactly. This is a more societal issue. Well, just, it, it, to me, it, it, to me, that's that's like apples and oranges. Yeah, these, because these are people it's still based out on of fear. If, if it's still based on on race or ethnicity, it's it's still a problem. It's still an issue that you know, like, well, you're Asian, so therefore I got to do that. You're black, I got to do that. Yeah. Like, like regardless of where it's coming from, it still comes out of fear. Right. And the foundation is like because of your race and gender, you're, that's why I have to do this. That's the basis for for my hatred towards you, my violence towards you. Right. So you know, any other day, I'd, I'd say no, she's wrong. Mm-hmm. Any other day, I just feel like in this instance, she's not as wronged as we want her to be. You know, I'm not saying she's wrong. I just, I'm like I said, I'm just a little bit torn, just because I feel like Asians tend to fit in a little more in society who can blame them yeah and you're right you know who yeah you're right you're absolutely right and the whole point is everybody wants to fit in in society i just i don't know here's the thing that i go back to you know because they can't help that they fit in you know physically well they do work hard to fit in right they they work hard to do it but they, some people just they look can't. closer to them than we do. Yeah, you know they look closer to to the to the dominant race than we do. So again, they have more of a proximity to it. Mm-hmm. But the place that I do have an issue with is when they set up businesses like beauty supply stores, salons, and convenience stores in black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with I'm okay that you profit off of us. I'm not okay with the mistreatment or disrespect. You know, I, a long time ago, when I was young, and I would, you know, travel in black neighborhoods, I would shop and, and, and everything. And then I would just notice how, you know, these other cultures, how they would set up businesses, which was fine. But then when I would go into their establishment, I would notice like bulletproof glass. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, like you wouldn't have that in the white neighborhood, but in our neighborhood, you don't trust us enough to feel safe, yet you still want to profit off of us. So that was when I stopped, you know, supporting your business. I'm like, listen, I can't support your business if you don't feel safe around me, but you still want my dollar. Right. So that's not happening. I actually... And then, you know... Go ahead. No, go yeah. ahead. No, finish. Finish. 
And I was going to say, you know, like, you know, when you hear some of these stories about these uh, Asian store owners, you know, they, they own a beauty supply store and they're disrespecting the patrons, especially if they're a black woman or they're putting hands on them, wrestling them to the ground, accusing them of theft. And I know sometimes it's true. You know, I'm not going to act like, you know, they, 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 nothing, um, the black people were innocent. But there's instances where, you know, they were innocent or your uh, reaction to what they did was far beyond what was necessary. You know, it was uncalled for the way you treated that person. You didn't, you didn't treat them as, as, as a person. Right. You know, you treated them like a, like a villain, like a criminal, and that wasn't the case. You know, and there was that one video where um, the one woman, the Asian store owner, just put her in like a martial arts, like headlock kind of thing. And it was just like really sad to look at. Those are those are my real issues. You know, like if you're going to set up businesses in our neighborhoods, treat us with dignity, treat us with respect. Don't just look at us and say, we just want your money and, you know, get out. (laughs) Just buy your product, get out. You know, and then um, there was this other situation, and I'll make it brief, where uh, recently a store was closed down, or a convenience store was closed down. It was owned by Asian because one of the patrons, a black man, he noticed that the fish was plastic. And the whole store had to be shut down because, like, the guy, he was like, a, he, he was a cook. He works in a restaurant. He said, no, this fish is plastic. Like, it's not a plastic part. Wow. And the whole store had to close down. And you just kind of have to, you really just want to wonder, like, do what? they, would they, do they only do this in our neighborhoods where they right. try to pass this stuff off? Right. You know, cut corners, just, just to get the profit, just to get our money, but then really selling us poison, right. <laughs> selling us things that would be a health hazard to us. So those are the things I think about. And then one last thing, you know, um, I, I read articles about, you know, black people or Africans in China being attacked. Yeah. Because they're blaming them for the virus, saying that the virus came from the Africans. And I'm like, are we going to bring that up too? Are we going to talk about that side of the equation? You know? So that's that's where I see why you're torn as well. Yeah. But again, that has... Yeah. Yeah, because I was just... uh, You know, that's one of the things I was going to bring up. I'm like, because I see the way they treat... They treat my people. They treat our people. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm just really torn. Like, like I said, I don't condone any type of violence. But at the same time, it's like, you know, no buts, right? But I, I'm just really torn because it's like they, they haven't, ex- they want our support, but they haven't exactly been supportive to us either, right? Right. Give you a, a brief story. I went into, you know, I went to a nail shop. This was, this was like a few years ago. Granted to say, I've, I, I, don't I've never walked back into that nail shop ever again. But after I had finished what I what I wanted to do, I think I got like a, a manicure and a pedicure or something like that. First of all, when I walked in, the the woman that was there, she was not very friendly to me. And but whatever. So after I had I had finished, and she you know she asked me how I was gonna pay, and I said, well I don't have any cash. Before I could say. I'm going to pay with, you know, a credit card or debit card. She looked at me and said, well, are you sure you can afford it? And I'm like, no, she didn't. And she said it loud enough where people heard me. And even this other woman was like, really? This other black lady was like, like, you're really like, you're really going to talk to her like that. And I'm like, actually, yes, I can't afford it. And this would be the last time 
that I'll ever walk back into this into this nail salon because I was just very rude and disrespectful. And she's like, oh, I was just kidding. I'm like, no, that you don't kid like that. First of all, I don't know you. And second of all, I guarantee you, you wouldn't have said that to any other person in here if they didn't look like me. I actually have my own story, too. So, um, you know, that, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm torn. I actually have my own story because um, maybe like a week ago, I was at a Walmart and like the area I live in now was mostly Asians, specifically Indians. But um, I, w- I go into a Walmart and, you know, I'm going through the self-checkout. And that, that day I probably spent more money at Walmart than I ever did. And one of the employees there, the Indian woman, I'm, I'm scanning my items and she's just like, you know, oh, you know how to use this. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that hard. And, you know, I kind of wondered, like, was she, was this her, her veiled attempt to make sure I'm not stealing anything? Kind of, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of trying to have a conversation, but make sure I'm scanning everything I'm supposed to. Right. So I was just like, and, and, the, and, and the thing is, those are the little things that kind of run through the back of your mind. Right. You can't help but think it. Like, you don't want to believe that this person was kind of trying to keep their eye on you, but then what other reason could it be? Because any other time, I don't think you would want to talk to me or right. speak to me. So I just hope that at the end of the day, at the end of all of this, we find the humanity in each other, you know, because I don't want to hate anybody and I don't want anybody hating on me. Right. Um, I want to be able to treat everybody with, with, with dignity and respect. And I want that reciprocated. Exactly. And, you know, this idea that despite how you treated us, we should come to your aid. I need you to understand that's hard for some of us. Right. It's hard for some of us. You know, when we've seen how we've been treated by other communities, but then when they're in trouble, oh, we, we need you. Please, please stand with us. And I'm like, it didn't feel like you were standing with us before. Right. So I'm I'm always going to be prudent about these things. You know, I'm always going to be critical. I'm never just going to jump to anyone's side, you know. Right. But it, it, it's something just for us to think about and be mindful of. Because at some point, and I, and I say this without remorse or regret, Black people, we have to put our well-being before friendship with others a lot of our history is we've thought that if we try to be friends with a group it will somehow end the oppression end the tension end the violence if we found a way to turn the other cheek and still love that other group and somehow it will be reciprocated and all of our problems would turn to pixie dust and i think we're realizing that the best way to end our struggle, our pain, is to put our well-being first. And that's what every other group does. Right. Every other group puts their well-being first before thinking about being friends with another group. And we need to do the same. We got to put our family first and, and not feel bad about it. Right. We got to tend to our own first. We got to fix our own home first before we talk about fixing your home. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Okay. All right. Let's move on. The COVID vaccine, as we all know, are starting to roll out. We recently just got news that the new Johnson and Johnson one um, is all is. I think it's already been approved, or it's going to be approved, and the current administration, the Biden administration, is hoping that, you know, at least 
half of Americans, if not all, will be vaccinated by by the end of May. So that's that's a good thing, and we can hopefully start to, you know, move move forward in a in a good direction. But as we know, not everything in these United States are are equal and are fair, and the vaccine distribution is no different. As the race gets underway to get people vaccinated, the U.S. health officials worry that Black Americans are lagging behind whites in getting shots in their arms, continuing a long history of racial disparities in the healthcare system. So Black people have a huge distrust of the medical community, and this is warranted going back to you know, the, the, uh, the Tuskegee experiment, going back to, you know, doctors during slavery experimenting on black people and just many, many falsehoods and, and misinformation, especially this one that just really, really irks me about, this is just like backwards thinking that black people don't feel pain or, or are more tolerant, you know, have a higher tolerance uh, to pain than white people do, which is just, as a medical professional, I don't understand how you think like that. And so among the population that has taken the vaccine so far, 5% are black and the rest of the 60% are white. In New York, they have managed to vaccine more non-New York residents than black, Hispanic, and indigenous population that live in New York combined. What do you think of this? What is going on here? Why does it seem like we just keep getting the very short end of the stick? And, you know, like, there's, there's so much to say. Well, I, I should say there's so much to think about with this issue because even before the virus, black people have always had the least access to health care. Absolutely. And a lot of it has to do with racism. A lot of it has to do with mistrust. A lot of it has to do with the experiments that happened throughout our history but I believe the real culprit is our own ignorance. Speak on it. And I say that, right? And I, and I say that because, you know, black people will ultimately say that God got me. Yes. And therefore, there's no need for a vaccine. And this is, this is something I hear from my own family out here in the church. In the church, yeah. Um, and half of us could die from the virus right now. And the other half will say, well, see, God got me, you know? <laughs> um, so it, it's just crazy that, and this is something, you know, we talk about in our community, you know, the detriment of our faith, how it holds us back, how it keeps us, keeps us backwards, actually. The media is trying to go to the black church to undo the damage that's been hurting us for years. And they're hoping now that the church can tell us to go get the vaccine. And, you know, to me, the real problem is, you know, the church having too much of a say in the success, the well-being of the black community. Like, it has too much of a say. And um, I think the media likes to portray that a lot because whenever there's an election, they know just go to a black church, sing a few hymns, and you'll get half of our votes. And... You know, this whole, like, God got me thing, it is really, like, hurting us. It's keeping us from investigating the situation ourselves, finding a solution, and being more prudent in the future. Right. 
it's holding us back. A lot of a lot of it too also has to do with the lack of access to proper health care. I mean, we see that in many black communities across the country. There's no there there's no clinic and no hospitals for for miles, you know, and there's no way that these people have can can have the proper access to the vaccine to get it. You know, if there are no hospitals, no clinics, no pharmacies for miles and miles away, a lot of the people that are that are affected are elderly people. You know, they they can't drive that far or people don't have cars. And and that's sad. There's a new hospital. There, there's a new hospital closing every other every other month in in black communities. And that's that's crazy. I just don't, I don't understand, you know, where, I, I, I don't understand why we're, we're still dealing with this problem. And we will continue to deal with this problem because this is just, again, how we've talked about it many times on the show, this is just how the country is, has always been based. And not only that, we talked about the, the mistrust that, that the, between the, the, the black community and the medical community, and it's greatly so warranted. Many people don't like going to the doctors because they just feel like, you know, you go in for one thing, you come out with like 50 other different things and, and they they just don't trust doctors. And like I said- They really don't. They, yeah, and with good reason. Black people don't trust doctors and with good reason. You know, I've had my own experiences. I mean, I could I could tell stories of my own experiences in, in which- you know, my, my treatment uh, in the hands of, of medical professionals, uh, in the hands of nurses and doctors, are not, have not been that great. And, you know, I, I, I know that they're, they work hard and, they, and you know, they're the heal, they're, you know, heroes and there are some great ones out there. But then there's some ones who are just flat out. I'm like, are you, like, are you really a doctor or are you really a nurse? Like, did you really go to school? And half of this you stuff know what is I like realized? common sense. You know what I realized? Yeah. Most people are idiots, even if they have a degree. Oh my goodness! Like a lot most of it people, is common sense. Most people, they just they just kind of follow a routine, and they're like, okay, well, this routine it works like eighty percent of the time, so I'll just keep following the routine. And even when it's even when it's wrong, they'll still go back to the routine. A lot of people, that's what that's what's happening when they work in a particular environment. They have they just have a routine, and they just kind of go through the motions. And then when something like this happens, like with the virus, they're lost. They don't know what to do. Right. So me, I'm like, yo, like, I'm always hoping situations like this, it wakes up the community. It wakes up black people. We start to take, you know, the initiative and say, you know what? Okay, we don't we don't trust the the current healthcare system, but we can't keep saying God got me. So what's the obvious alternative? Start investigating yourself. Right. Start finding your own solutions that you can trust, you know, start, start, you know, creating your own medicines, you know, like this is the, this is the, the path that we need to take, but I don't know why we're not doing it. Yeah. And I know, you know, I know the health professionals are teaming up with, with black churches in order to, to get the, the message across. Do you want to sort of speak a little bit on that and, and talk about, you know, just some of the ways that they are trying to get black people out there to get vaccinated. Another issue is, you know, internet access in order to get the vaccine or to, you know, 
you have to make an appointment online. You have to find a place that, that I, that's actually giving it out. And it still, you know, it still blows my mind that there's so many people in so many places in this country that don't have access to internet or a computer. So they can't go online and make an appointment. Talk about that. Talk about that a little bit about, you know, the team up with the black churches and if this is actually helping people get out there. Oh, it does. I mean, like that, because that's the place where it has to start with the church. Yeah, because a lot um, of people listen to their pastors, you know. Which is a mistake. <laughs> hey, that's a whole nother topic. It is a whole nother topic, but, um, you know, I think you got to start listening to your own common sense, your own voice. But I hope it starts with the church, and I hope the church starts to, you know, educate their 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 flock a bit differently, you know, about, you know, maintaining their health. If I had to be honest, I think it's more on the on the women, on the mothers to maintain the health of the community, of the family. That's typically how it is. You know, Why the it women gotta be on the mothers? More... I don't understand this. Why well, it gotta be on the women? Well, typically, mothers, you know, they're the ones really, you know, thinking about the health and well-being of a child. Women are overall more likely to go to a hospital than a man. So, that's, I think it's, I think it's really contingent upon the women. And the thing is, if you notice, between black men and women, Who's more religious? Who black, goes to black church women. Most? Black women. Black definitely. women. So typically when you're hearing that God got me thing, it's from the women. <laughs> it's, it's from the women, so, right. And the men, they, they, the men won't, won't budge. Like, when that's the thing about men. The men women. won't budge. Yes, we have right? to force you guys to go to the doctors. Exactly. Like, a man won't go to the doctor unless his, like, leg is hanging off of his body. That's when he's <laughs> like, I think I got to go to the doctor. Yeah. But... You know, like, if the women were to really be like, you know what, um, we need to get vaccines for the family, the family's going to go get vaccines. Right. They're going to do it. So this is why it's one of those things where it's like, right now we can't think about, oh, like, why I got to be on the women? No, like, this is, this is where you, this is this where we where need you. we step you. up. Yeah, this is where we got to we, we don't we need to do it. We, yeah, we don't need to hear, like, what about the men? No, this is where the, the community listens to you because naturally you're going to think about help in ways that the men just won't. Right. And don't you know, really, don't it, like, I would never expect the men to maintain the health. I'd be like, nah, we're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and you know what I read recently? This is, this is insane to me. So there's a program in, I believe it's in, it's in New York, or one of these states, I can't really remember which one, that specifically sets, uh, sets a certain amount of vaccines for, for black people, Right. And yeah. for this program, you there's like a special code and you go, you sign up, you get the code, you show up to the, the, the clinic or wherever facility they're given the vaccine and you, you'll be able to get it. I think it's, I think it's free. You'll be able to get it, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me why 95% of the people who have received those vaccines set aside for black people have been rich people who have found a way to get those codes. People that it's not even their turn yet in the in in the phases have found a way around it and are getting it. And I'm like, again, not only is this, uh, you know, rich people just keep cutting the line again. We see that in in Florida, the governor of Florida basically giving vaccines to his friends. I'm not, I'm not surprised by this. 
the so, people in power, they're, they're going to make sure they hook each other up, give each other that shortcut. I'm not surprised by this. Absolutely. And, and you know what? It's not right. You know, it's not right. There's so, there, you know, there's so many people out there who, you know, either have pre-existing conditions or are elderly. And it's like they don't even know when they'll be able to get it. And the vaccines that are set aside for them are being given to, to people because, just simply because they, they can find their way around it. That is that does not shock me that people in power, you know, like they probably got the vaccine months ago. So, like I, I don't know. I'm, and then there's a whole nother set of people who don't believe in the vaccine. You know, I mean, I, I stopped speaking to a friend because of, of this, this whole situation. I was lucky enough to be one of those people that have gotten the vaccine already. And, you know, apparently they didn't appreciate it. So and it's like, you know, what? have you had any symptoms? No, I've been good. I've been I've been good so far, and I got I got my second dose uh, last week, and so far so good. Okay. Yeah. So you know I, I don't know I, I I don't know what to I don't know what to say about this anymore except I really do we wish that you know we try to mend this gap, and I know it it's deep rooted, and I know that there's so many ignorant, stupid people in the medical community. I know there's a lot of them that are wonderful people, but there's a very few that are just like, and like I said, I've experienced it myself. You know, I literally had a, a nurse one time tell me, oh, you know, are, are you able to, to, to stick the pain out? And it's like, first of all, I wouldn't be here if I could stick the pain out. I've, I've had others basically imply that I show up to the hospital because I'm trying to get drugs. And it's like, are you serious? Do you think I would really come here and subject myself to this if I'm trying to get high? Like, who, d- who literally have said that to me, have implied that to me? So not only, first of all, I'm a, I, if I didn't look like myself, if I was, if, if, if I didn't have, if I didn't have this beautiful black pigmented skin, you wouldn't think that, right? You wouldn't think they I had a wouldn't. higher pain, pain tolerance. You wouldn't think I'm just here because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get access to pills. And you, like, you have no idea how, you know, how it, at that moment, you're just like, I just want to be treated like a human being. And I've, and this isn't, I'm not the only one. I've, I, I talked to other people who are, who are black and who have gone through this and they, they, our stories are exactly the same. And this has to stop. I'm coming to you to make me feel better, to, to, but, to heal me. And you're making me feel like I'm less than human. But this is why the best solution is for us to take care of ourselves. If we wait for somebody else, it's never going to happen. Well, how can we do that? Unless we start, I mean, are we going to start opening, you know, black hospitals? Like, like how are we going to do that? Yes, I under, I, you, I do think we need more black doctors, absolutely, because, of, you know, a lot of the, these doctors that I have dealt with are white. A lot of the nurses that I have dealt with are white. You, you want me to be honest? Go, hey, th- that's what this show is all about. I think that we need to have certain criteria for our children. I think that, you know, if you're the first boy in a family, you're expected to go into politics. If you're the first girl, you are expected to go into medicine. There's no if, ands, or buts. And every child, you know, male, female, they're, they're given a designated task, a designated career, a designated area that black people are vulnerable to. And when we see the numbers start to change from negative, right, to positive, when we start to go from, 
you know, when we when we when we're no longer suffering the most in terms of our health, poverty, or education, when we see that we're excelling in those areas, then we can say to our kids, "Well, now you can be what you want to be. That generation can be what it wants to be." But this generation now, no, no, no. We need some of our girls in medicine. Doesn't matter if you like it. We need you in medicine. Well, we need people who look from, like us. Well, coming from an African household, you, your career options are, are three. Either a doctor, a lawyer, or engineer. <laughs> That's right. <it>. And, <laughs> and those are things that, that I think we need to have be on the same page on. And we tell our kids why. Hey, why do I need to be a doctor? Because we need doctors in our community. Right. And that's why a lot of, a lot of Nigerians are going, you know, a lot of the Nigerians that I know are going into the medical field. A lot of them are nurses. A lot of them are trying to be doctors because they know that that's where we can make a real difference. Right. You know, why do we need you to be a politician? Because we live in cities where, where our streets are, our, our houses are falling apart. So we need more of us in politics bringing more business into our neighborhood. This is why. But a lot of us, you know, we're raised in a generation where a lot of our kids probably want to be rappers or the next YouTube or internet sensation. They're not really thinking about being something serious that our our community needs. They're not thinking about being something vital. And we've got to be explaining that to them. We need you here, man. We need more of people that, that look like us in these critical positions, yeah. you know, things that build our society. That would be the solution to me, especially when we need people in politics, people in I economics. I, I don't disagree with you. I really don't. All right, let's move on to our last topic because I really want to get into this, uh, this issue of transgender in sports. Now, let me start off by saying we're not trying to offend anybody I know this is sort of a touchy subject to a lot of people, especially in the LGBTQ community, and we're trying to be as respectful as possible, and we did some research into this, so we're not just talking about stuff that we don't know about. So with that being said, let's get into this issue, because I know when we talk about this, it gets a little murky and people get offended, so please do not get offended. This is just our opinion and our thoughts on the situation, so... I just thought we should add that disclaimer. No, All I right. Think, I think that that's always important, you know, like, cause yeah. like we're, we're never trying to hurt anyone's feelings and that might still happen, even right. if it's not our intention. But if, if you want to make sure never to hurt anyone's feelings, don't say anything. Nobody talks, everybody be silent. <laughs> Very that true. No one's feelings will ever be hurt. But if we have emerging issues in our country, of course, is going to be discussed and people are going to be passionate about it. Right. It's unavoidable. So I'm not ashamed to say that I don't understand the community. Um, I, I do know, you know, I know gay people. I have gay friends. My first encounter with a gay person was I was 13 years old in high school and we're still friends till today. In fact, we, we just reconnected on Facebook. So we, we like I we talked to him. He was sort of like my 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 first introduction into that community, um, and I've you know I've had other gay friends along the way. Um, but the issue of transgender is sort of is new to me. I don't know if it's you know I can't speak for you, but for me, I just feel like that's something that I'm still trying to understand and wrap my head around because it's a difference between gender and sexuality and the whole thing, and 
I'm not an expert in it whatsoever. So I'm just strictly looking at this point from a specific point of view. And just, and like I said, I don't claim to know much about it, but I'm just looking at this issue from, let's say, a biology, a biology sense. I think that's a good that's a good way to put it. So there's this issue of transgender women and girls, girls especially, being allowed to play sports with biological cysts. Uh, I think that's what they're called. They're called cyst uh, girls, cisgender girls. Those are girls that were biologically born girls. And you know this issue sort of raised a couple years ago in Connecticut, said that it was basically allowed for people that are transgender to play sports with, with, uh, with, the, with the females. And a lot of people are saying that they have an unfair advantage. So this is how I, I've, I guess I sort of understand it. Once a, once a person whose transition has gone through puberty, they're basically saying that no matter how much hormones, uh, estrogen, you put in your body... It does not completely wipe out the testosterone in your body. You are still sort of, when you go through puberty, especially as a, as a boy, it's different from if you go through puberty as a girl. Because when you go through puberty as a girl, you know, you develop breasts, you, you know, your body starts to form, you get your period, all of that stuff. But when, for, for men, you know, it's, it's like, it's a little different, you know, some, the, the muscle mass, the skeletal structure, all of that stuff is different. And so people are saying that it's, it's not fair for these girls that are born biologically girls or, or born biologically females to be allowed to play sports with transgender girls because those transgender girls have an unfair advantage of being faster, stronger, just so many advantages. They still have testosterone going through their body. And especially with these, with the Connecticut rule, the person does not have to be, have to be uh, taking hormones because they're in high school. And it's, I think some doctors are still debating, you know, when is it okay to give kids that are transitioning hormones, hormone therapy. And, you know, people, they're saying that if you're not going through hormone therapy and you're still transgender, you still have that male body. And it's unfair because these women, these, these girls are working really, really hard and they lose out on opportunities such as scholarships, rankings, opportunities. Like, what do you think about this whole situation? Because I was watching this uh, YouTube uh, commentary. I think they were called Abba and Preach. I don't know if you've heard of them. And they were also talking about... And they were also talking about this issue and they, were, they pointed out, which I thought was a great point, they said, if you notice, all of the transgender people that are breaking barriers in sports are all males that have transitioned into females that are breaking all these records in female categories. But you're, you never see a female transition to a male break all these records in the male category. And I thought that was a fair point. So this whole idea of, you know, the transgender advocates would say, oh, you know, it's fair. They're, they're trans. They should be allowed to play with the gender that they are assigned with. And I'm like, well, is it really fair to have these, these trans people who, you know, they still have their male bodies playing against sports with, with girls that are, that are working their asses off, but they still cannot catch a break? 
What do you think? Yeah, you know, there's, there's lots of fair points because equality isn't the same as fairness. And is it fair that, you know, the biological girls, you know, when they run a race and they know it's going to include a transgender, that they already know they're not going to win no matter how hard they train. Yeah. And that was one of the interviews from one of the, the girls. you know, young girls on yep. a team. It was just, it was kind of like, wow, that's, that's kind of sad. Yeah, like, no yep. matter how hard you work, you know it's not going to amount to anything. Yeah, I remember, I and, think her mom asked her, you know, what's your strategy going into this? And she said, mom, I don't really have one. And it doesn't really matter because no matter what I do, I'm not going to win. Yeah. Now think about the consequences that's going to have on young girls in sports overall, you know, yeah. a place where they could excel, where they could feel good about themselves, that's being taken away. And that's, that's, if, if we as a country, as a community, don't take a look at ourselves as to what we're doing and how it's having consequences, that says something. We, we failed pretty much. We failed our youth. We failed, you know, our, our children in the sense, you know, that that now, you know, young women don't feel like, you know, oh, well, there's no point in me competing now because right. somebody else, they're, they're going to win. Right. And if I say something, I'm going to look like I'm a bigot, I'm hateful. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they're, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. So, you know, I understand that trans people, are they want to they wanna fit in. But it's like people, you know, and I, I agree. I agree with the sentiment that they're essentially killing female sports because you would oh, not yeah. have Serena. Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player in her division, in the women's division. She even her even I, I watched an interview she did. I believe it was with uh, Seth Meyers where she said, I can't even beat the, the, the top 200 on, in the male team. Because the divisions are different, you know, and, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, are we saying that, you know, women um, or men are stronger than women? Or I thought we've moved past that argument. And it's like, that's not the that's not the issue. That's not the argument that we're making here. The issue is Title IX was created for women to have their own space. And when that was created, yes, it was this was uh, around the time where. You know, women weren't allowed in, in sports, in male teams, and Title IX was created for them to have their own section, to have their own women's, women's team. And, you know, I'm sure when that law was put into place, they didn't account for transgender women. So what, so the question now is, what do you do? Do you have them go back and play with the boys? Do you, do you have their own separate sort of division? And then some people are saying, well, you can't have that because that's discriminatory and you're segregating. So what do you do if the whole female division is dominated by trans, trans women? How is that fair? And, I, you know, I was watching. Hold on. I was watching Seth, uh, Seth Rogen. On, I'm telling you, we, I, like I did some really good research on this. And he brought up the, trend, the transgender woman, uh, Fallon Fox, who was a, who's I, I, I'm not sure if she's still fighting the UFC. But she was a UFC fighter who uh, is transgender. She transi- uh, transitioned after being a man for 30 years and competed in a women's division to the point where she, she literally broke this woman's skull because of the matches she was in. And it had a lot of controversy back then. And, you know, people are like, 
she transitioned after 30 years. That's 30 years of, of testosterone in her body. No amount of estrogen is going to get rid of that. Like, imagine this. Not only, you know, was this person a man, given the, the biology and hormones of a man, but the training of a UFC fighter. So exactly. That already the bones and the muscles are now, are now the bones of bones and muscles of a person who, who does. That's like putting Brock Lesnar. That's like Brock Lesnar coming right. out and saying he's transgender and wants to be in the women's division. How is that yeah. fair? You need, did you know your, your bones are actually different? Like they could look at your bones after you die and determine whether you did like heavy lifting as for a living or whether you work behind a desk because your your bones are going to have a different density. Right. Our bones are living tissue and they adapt to what we're doing. So that's really something for a grown man to transition, you know, and knowing he does a sport like MMA. Right. You're, you're pretty dangerous in there. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're he broke this. He broke a woman's skull. Person. Yeah. You're pretty dangerous already for as the average person, average man. You know, imagine the average man trying trying to face you. You you destroy him, and now throw a woman in there. You know, in, in in a situation where you can be violent towards them. Right. You know, you don't even have to hold back. You could go all out. All out, right? So again, these are the things that are are going to make us take a look. You know, like right now, to be honest we'll probably get in trouble for this conversation. Oh, I'm sure we will. We're trying to shine a light on it. You know, we're not trying to disparage anyone, not trying to attack anyone, but just for trying to shine a light on it, we get attacked. But at some point, people are going to see the imbalance and want to do something. Right. And to me, the simplest solution, don't divide them by gender. Divide them by skill. Have different divisions based on skill. If you are able to jump a certain height, if you are able to run a certain speed, you'll go with this team. That's it. It won't be based on gender. It'll be based on talent. So do you like that mix and match? Because, and you know, again, my comments right now might be problematic, but I just have to say it. So when you say divide them by skill, do you mean the boys and the girls as well? Because if you're if you're yeah. putting a transgender in in the, oh, the women's team, there's a, first of all there's a huge difference there because the skill level is different. So do you put them with the with the male that's on their that's in their skill level? Is that, is that what you mean? That's exactly what I mean. Cause okay. Like, obviously, no. Not 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 every male is faster than a girl right. in X Y Z. Right. So the thing to me would be like, listen, if if you let's take the this, the hundred meter dash sprint, right. right? If you if you if you cross that finish line under you know twelve seconds, you go on this team. If you had to be over twelve seconds, you go on that team. Okay. That's it. S- separate them on skill, not on gender. That way, nobody can say I was discriminated. Those are the rules. If you don't like it, don't go on the team. That's it. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's definitely a solution. I don't know what a good solution would be. That's definitely one that that could possibly work. But I, you know, I don't know how they would how they would do this because it, it does make a good point. If the first and second runner up, especially in the in the Connecticut one, if the first and second runner up are, are both trans women. In the UFC, you have the transgender woman 
pulverizing women in in Australia. You have a bodybuilding uh, uh, sport in the women's division where there's a trans woman that broke all the records, and she because the because she could lift a hundred pounds more than the best woman, the best woman that was there before she got there, she could lift a hundred pounds more than she than she could. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, you know, what to do. The science is there. You know, there, you've, you have the medical, some people in the medical community pushing back and saying, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's fair. Then you have other people saying, no, it does matter because, you know, uh, hormone th- treatment after they've hit puberty doesn't really help really because they've already they're sort of built with that already and even in the 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 national level and in the olympic level the per, the trans person already has to be taking hormones for at least a year but in the local level in the high school level they don't have to be taking hormones to be considered you know as long as you just say well i'm transgender i identify as female they just stick you in the women's team so i don't know i don't know you know, some oh, transgender oh, oh. teens don't begin hormone therapy until after they've hit puberty. So what do you do? The thing is, the, the less we address it, the more stickier the issue becomes. Because yeah. this is new territory for everyone. And, you know, the people in power, they're afraid to speak out without looking like they're discriminating or oppressing right. a particular group. But we are going to have to put rules. Yeah. It, it, there's no avoiding it because, you know, again, how do you look at that situation and think it's fair, you know, that this is right? No one no one can look at it and say it's fair. This is why I say equality is not the same as fairness. We need a system that is fair, you know. Young girls shouldn't have to, you know, participate in a sport and feel like they, there's no point. They're just going to lose anyway. Right. And then, you know, you have some trans advocate coming and saying, well, sports was not meant to be fair. That that's, that's, you know, that's why you have sports. Someone's always going to have an advantage. I'm like, yeah, I get it. If they're, if they're in the same class as you, there's a difference between having like certain advantage and having just a blowout, right? This seems like a blowout to me. If your legs are a little bit, like if you're a female, and your leg, maybe your legs are a little bit longer or you're a little bit more leaner, or, you know, there's certain aspects that I could be like, or maybe you're a little taller, whatever, right? There's certain advantages to that. I could see they could be like, okay, well, maybe because they're a little bit taller and have longer limbs, they could, they could run faster than, you know, than the girl who's maybe five, six and, you know, not so long legs. But if you have a person who was born biologically male, has not gone through hormone therapy, has gone through puberty, and then are saying, well, I'm transgender now. I want to play on the women's team. That doesn't seem fair. That just doesn't seem fair. The Connecticut Association of Schools, who are responsible for the athletic you know, organization in Connecticut, say that they're sort of put in a sticky situation because some of those girls are suing the Association of Schools because they're saying that this, you know, this isn't fair. And the the... Association is saying, well, it's the policy, and they're following a, a state anti-discriminatory law that says students must be treated the same. And people are even more angry now because Joe Biden just passed a new law that said, that, and you know, a federal law that says all transgender people can play with, can play in the in the sports or division that they identify with, no matter what, no matter if they. I think it's like 
you can't discriminate against them. And people are saying you just like that law is just going to cripple women's sport because if you don't have any sort of regularity and this is now a federal rule where schools that are not letting transgender people compete in the women's division can't get federal money. What do you like? What do you like? It's just a lot, man. Yeah, see now what happens when all the girls decide to quit? Who's gonna give you money then? <laughs> right. But you know, at, at the end of the day, like I said, the equality isn't the same as fairness, and eventually they're going to do better with this. Right now, I can't I can't expect anybody to get it right because yeah, this is a new issue for America. It's, it's an emerging issue, so we're gonna get it wrong in the beginning. But somebody's gonna get it right. Somebody's gonna create a plan that satisfies everyone no one feels like they're being you know duped or tricked that's what's really important you know like like we said we don't know the right answers to this problem and it's not just in connecticut it's happening all over the country it's now a federal law (laughs) so you know you know what i really thought funny though yeah i was reading an article that said like you know transgenders they don't feel safe around the boys or they feel uncomfortable right and i was like but then what about how the girls feel about you right right you know I, I'm not saying that what they're doing is right, but I'm like... Yeah, remember know, the whole bathroom thing? Saying, That's what they were saying with the whole... Ba- you know, when the whole controversy yeah. about the bathroom came, you know, the trans women are saying, well, we don't feel comfortable in the men's bathroom. And then the women are saying, well, we don't feel comfortable with having you in the women's bathroom either. And then, you know, people are saying, well, you know, those people are transphobic and this and that. And it's like, it's a valid point. If the trans women don't feel comfortable with the male bathroom, why should women have to feel safe with them in their bathroom? Yeah. That's a valid question. That would be a form of discrimination if you're valuing one person's well-being over the other. Exactly. That's a valid question. So you, you see, it's just so, it's just very, very murky. Like we, you know, the, we can go on this topic forever because I know there's just so much, you know, we still have the debate of that, that seems to be going on between trans women and biological women with what, what makes a woman like, you know, there's just so many conversations with this topic. And like you said, it's a new issue for our country that we're all trying to figure out. And, you know, I think there's something as being a little maybe too woke. I don't necessarily agree with this law that Joe, that Joe Biden has put into effect. I don't think you should make, you know, schools like I, I don't want to offend anybody, but that's just the way I feel. I don't feel like there should be a federal law right now especially if we're trying to figure it out. And that's the problem with the left. Everyone's always trying to be woke all the time. And it's like, no, we need to, we don't understand how, how this affects other people. Like, yes, we want, we want to not discriminate against other people and we want to make everybody comfortable, but you're not going to make everybody comfortable. Someone's always going to be offended. But do you, does that mean you should just wipe out the, the concerns of a whole set of people? Like, I don't know. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be a while before people are willing to have a real conversation about this stuff. Yeah. It's going to be a while. Because I think everybody, like I said, you, uh, from the lowly person to the president, you want to end up on the right side of history. They want to be politically correct. They want the world to know they fall for the little guy. But sometimes you really have to sit down and decide, which battles are really worth fighting? You know, which, what victory do you really want to win? And is it going to better society or is it, or is it just going to cause more confusion? Right. And you this know? law just seems to be causing, causing so many confusion. And I think they should have waited. Yeah. I think they should have really waited and, and weighed out the pros and the cons before 
implementing this. And, you know, that's not me being transphobic. That's just me basically saying women, you know, it just seems like women just keep getting the short end of the stick. I, I don't know. That's what it feels like to me. It's like, first we have to deal with men. Now it's a whole trans, trans women issues. And now we're sort of not fighting, but now we're in conflict with them. Uh, you know, it's. I'm gonna stay quiet on this one. <laughs> okay, I'm let me shut up. I'm, I'm gonna one. shut up before I get myself in trouble. You're fighting men. Men, men, <laughs> men are not sensitive. We're not trying to take anything from it. You know, it seems like we we just got out from the thumb of men. Now we're ugh. anyway. Let me shut up. I'm gonna shut up before I get myself in trouble. All right, we're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to go, Think, unless you want to add something. No, nothing from me. Okay. Well, I would like to have that discussion because I think, you know, like, I think when it comes to the transgender issue, it's probably going to be women to take the lead, especially women in sports. But they've been going to have to admit a few things and have to, you know, backtrack on a few things that they've been saying, you know, about women over the course, you know, of, of history, right? You know, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to backtrack on a few things just because if they, if they really want their own space, they're gonna have to point out how men and women are different, and men and women want their own spaces. Yeah. All right. We are gonna go. Thank you guys so much for for joining us today. We would love to hear from you if you're in the trans community and maybe you have you want to talk to us or you have different opinions. Then what we, you know, or whatever you want to tell us, we are, we encourage it and we welcome it. Reach out to us, let us know and, and talk to us, make us understand maybe why it's important. And, you know, let's, let's have a dialogue. Let's have a conversation. So that'd be great. That would be great, actually. That yeah, would great that would because... be awesome if you're a trans person and you're listening to this or you know a trans person and, you know, we would really love to talk to them about some, yeah. some issues. Yeah. So. There's simply a lack of knowledge for us, you know. This, right. and what do you expect? Like, we're not going to know anything about you. We're not like we're, there's a, just a lack of knowledge on on the topic. So, right. You know, we we need to be educated too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So come, you know, come talk to us. I have tons of questions that you can help answer. So reach out to us at the foreign lady podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook at the foreign lady podcast, Instagram, foreign lady podcast, you know where to find us. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the foreign lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.